the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Drop, and I'm your host, Katie Drop. Well, it is official. We now know who is headed to Super Bowl 58. Uh, we had uh, some games late, late yesterday. Uh, one was kind of lackluster, but the second one was pretty fucking cray. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the, uh, the AFC Conference Championship game, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I am officially done doubting Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs because... Uh, they went right into Baltimore and uh, took their the first drive right down the field, scored some points, and uh, just really never looked back. Now, it wasn't a high-scoring affair, but, I mean, it was just pretty much all Chiefs all day. Baltimore could not get going in any way, shape, or form. Uh, defensively, they started to step it up as the second half wore on, which was actually surprising because it's usually the opposite that happens to most teams, but... They started off pretty slow defensively, uh, but then in the second half, they really put it together and really made some made some good moves. But unfortunately for them, the Baltimore Ravens offense could not get a damn thing going. And every time it felt like they were going to get something going and get something going, they would just have some dumb penalty or some dumb mistake, and uh, it just was not the Ravens' day. And I mean, that that's that's the way football goes. Sometimes it's your day, you could be the best team all season long, and then you lay a dud, and it just happens to be in the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, it was, um, you know, in, in the second half, they had the, the one drive where it looked like they were going to get down the field, get some points. Uh, Zay Flowers had a huge catch, and then, unfortunately, he had a stupid-ass taunting penalty, uh, which put the, pushed them back 15 yards. And then a couple plays later, it looked like he was going to score a touchdown, and instead he had the infamous touchback, which gave the Kansas City Chiefs the ball right back. Um, and then they went on another drive where it looked like they were going to score some points, and then, unfortunately, Lamar Jackson threw an interception in the red zone, and it just was not their day. But it was most certainly Patrick Mahomes' day. Day The dude went 30 for 39, 241 yards and a touchdown. But uh, this Kansas City Chiefs defense, you know, I've actually been boasting and toting their, tooting their horn all season long. I felt like this is uh, the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had his entire career as a Kansas City Chief. And uh, I just have felt like they're an excellent defense. And so far, they have shown that much. I mean, they really, they, they, they did not let Lamar Jackson play his game yesterday. They did not let any of those receivers play their game yesterday. They didn't they did not let the ground attack really get going. It was really just all out domination by the uh the Kansas City Chiefs defense and then just like I said offensively Mahomes made the the big plays that he needed to make. Uh their receivers are actually doing what they need to do. Uh they're they're actually catching the the passes this time, you know, Kelsey stepping up when he has to as well. And the Chiefs got the win 17 to 10 and here we go again. We have the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yet again, but nobody can beat him, so uh, this is what you get. If nobody else, if Lamar Jackson ain't going to step it up, if Josh Allen ain't going to step it up, well, 
then uh, we get Mahomes again because uh, he's that freaking good. Um, and then moving on to the NFC Championship game. Now, this was much more of an interesting game. It actually looked like it was going to be straight up Detroit Lions domination, but Detroit Lions do what Detroit Lions do, and that is blow a 17-point lead. I mean, they came right out the gate. Like, they weren't scared. Like, they were ready to do something. They they went up 17-7 to at halftime. And it was looking like they were dominating on defense. They were not letting the Niners have any big plays. Uh, they they caused a turnover. You know, Purdy threw an interception, so they, they were able to get that. Uh, he really wasn't able to get going. And then defensively, they weren't doing what they normally do. They weren't really getting any stops. The Lions' ground attack was really just gashing them. And then all of a sudden, the second half began. And the Niners just slowly started to make a comeback. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had an amazing game. The dude had two touchdowns. And, I mean, he, he, was, he was money from start to finish. Uh, but uh, it was the rest of the Niners team that really needed to step it up in the second half. And they did that defensively and offensively. On the defensive side of things, first of all, uh, Dan Campbell, he, he needs to stop with this whole going for it on fourth down all the time shit. Sometimes it is okay to just take the points. And when you're in the playoffs, number one, it's a slim margin. It's different when it's the regular season because the regular season, it's a long season. You have time to fix things up, clean things up, and sometimes one loss isn't a big deal. In the playoffs, one loss is everything, and it is a big deal. And you need to feel the game. You can't just go by the stupid-ass analytics. Yes, analytics have a place in the game, but so does vibe, so does feel, and so does the team that you're playing against. And the 49ers, if you don't know, they're completely capable of scoring points pretty fast, pretty quick, and they have a whole bunch of weapons. Plus, their defense is pretty stout, and they're able to get it going as well pretty quick as well. So going for it on fourth down all the time is not smart. You should just take the points. And had the Detroit Lions just taken the points on two specific fourth downs that I'm thinking of, they would have had six points right there. And who knows how the game would have turned out. It still could have been a Niners win. But the, this, the final score ended up being 34-31 to 31 San Francisco. And so you look at that and you go, well, had they had six points there, they would have got the win if they were able to do that. And also, the, the fourth down stops really did change the momentum and the trajectory of how the game went. And it just really turned things on a dive. And I just think Dan Campbell, while it's, it's ballsy and it's great to do that during the regular season, you really have to, to feel who you're playing. And if you're playing up against teams like the Niners and the Chiefs, just take the points because they know how to win and that's why the Super Bowl is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers because both those teams know how to win so we'll see who knows how to win in the Super Bowl but uh, uh, you know Dan Campbell that I, I felt like those were really stupid boneheaded mistakes but also at the same time that's the first time he and this team have been in the NFC championship game so those are type those are the type of things that you look at going into next season and you think okay it's cool to go for it on fourth down at, at certain times, but if you're playing against a team that's just fully capable of making a 17-point comeback, you really got to take the points. Just take them sometimes. It's okay to just kick the field goal. It doesn't mean you're a pussy. Um, it actually is a good thing because then you don't get stopped on fourth down and then you don't give the San Francisco 49ers the ball back. A couple other things as well that the Lions did um, in the second half is uh, I can't remember the receiver 
but there was a receiver who dropped three specific passes in the second half that were just huge. One was on the fourth down play. He, he had the ball right in his hands, dropped it. Uh, then uh, he had another, looked like it would have been a touchdown had he not dropped it. And then he had another another pass that wasn't as significant as the other two, but it was still a drop pass. And then Jared Goff also, he had he was off on a couple of um, really easy targets. Uh, he, he overthrew a couple, uh, couple of guys about three or four times in the game. So I'm sure he would have liked to have those passes back. But that's, that's the difference in, in playoff football. Even just the smallest, slightest mistake is going to cost you the Super Bowl. And that's why you got to be very careful. You got to really step it up. And that's why we have us going to Las Vegas in Super Bowl 58, Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers. Uh, obviously, I'll give you my uh, predictions uh, in, in two weeks when we, we get closer to the Super Bowl because, unfortunately, ugh, now that the championship games are over, we're coming up to the first weekend with no football. I mean, we get the stupid-ass Pro Bowl, but that ain't real football, especially now that it's just bitch-ass flag football. I didn't watch it to begin with, but now who, who the hell wants to watch that shit? But, uh, so, yeah, this is going to be the first weekend, guys, that uh, we don't have any football. Uh, but like I said, I, uh, spoiler alert, am not picking against the Kansas City Chiefs again, at least in, in this postseason. Uh, they've taught me that uh, they are that good. They are champions for a reason, and uh, the Niners are going to have to take that Super Bowl from them because they own that crown. There's a reason why they own that crown, and um, at this point, Mahomes could pretty much do it all himself. So uh, I hope y'all understand that uh, number 15's back there, and you need to uh, do your best to stop the dude. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, just got depressed thinking about there's going to be no football this weekend. So that that's pretty shitty. Uh, moving on to the NBA and my top 10 NBA power rankings for this week. Not a whole lot of shakeups. Actually, it's pretty much uh, pretty much the same usual suspects and then just a little bit of shuffling up and down here. But uh, number one remains number one, and that's the uh, goddamn Boston Celtics. Their uh, overall record right now is 35 and 11. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. And they got some big wins this past week. They beat uh, Dallas and Miami, but they did get their asses beat by the Clippers at home. So that's uh, a couple of weeks here, where two weeks in a row, where the uh, Celtics have suffered pretty massive uh, losses at home. And they, they weren't just like close games. It's like the Clippers actually dominated them yesterday. It wasn't even, wasn't even close for the most part. So uh, uh, the, that is maybe telling at some point. But I mean, right now they're still the best team in the league. They have the best record in the league and, uh, you know, still playing uh, great, fantastic basketball. They actually are uh, first in uh, rebounds per game right now. They're averaging 48 rebounds per game, which is just crazy. And Jason Tatum is leading them in rebounds. So uh, he's just an all-around dude getting getting the job done. And uh, Boston Celtics still playing great basketball right now. Then at number two on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Milwaukee Bucks, overall record of 32-14. and 14. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They actually just won three of four this past week, um, which is crazy because uh, they did fire their coach, um, but they did hire Doc Rivers as well. So we'll see if that, uh, if that makes a difference uh, because really their big problem has been defense. But as I said in the last episode, you got rid of Drew Holiday and you got Dame Lillard. That, your defense was going to suffer, so... Who really knows if Doc Rivers is going to be able to turn that aspect of it around? But, I mean, he's a veteran coach. He's uh, He's been in the league a long time. He's won a championship with the Celtics. He's taken them to multiple 
uh, championships, and then he's taken over a really solid team uh, with Giannis and Dame and uh, Middleton. So this is just a really good, solid core. It's just I don't know if he's going to really change any of the issues defensively that they have. But overall, his team has zero issue scoring. Um, they, it's just def- defense is big during the playoffs, and uh, that's where it could end up costing them. But maybe that's why you you take you sign Doc Rivers because he's got the experience in the postseason. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But right now, the Milwaukee Bucks, even though uh, they fired the coach last week, they still won three of four, and uh, Doc Rivers will be making his uh, coaching debut with the Bucks this week. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Philadelphia 76ers. Overall record of 29-15. and 15. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Uh, they've lost the last couple of games just because Joel Embiid has not played. Uh, they, they actually sat him down. You know, he had the big 70-point game last week, and then they pretty much sat him down the, the last couple of games afterward, which, which was unfortunate because uh, they were actually in Denver over the weekend, and it would have been a nice battle to see him and Jokic go at it. But unfortunately, we did not get that. And it was just uh, straight-up domination by Denver. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't straight-up domination. Philadelphia actually played a pretty good game. Uh, but Denver Denver still got the win. Uh, but uh, right now, Philly is is down because J- Joel Embiid, he hasn't played the last two games. Uh, but it, it doesn't seem like it's some type of injury that they've got to worry about. But uh, we'll see how it goes as the season wears on. Then at number four on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Denver Nuggets. Overall record of 32-15, and 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, and uh, they're just doing what they do. Um, they have had a couple of uh, games where they've been blown out, and you look at it and you go, whoa, that was weird. Uh, but, I mean, overall this team is uh, stacked with veteran leadership. Jokic is continuing to play at an MVP level. When doesn't he play at an MVP level? Uh, but, I mean, his role players are playing well. Uh, the injuries, uh, they, they're all healthy right now, so the injuries aren't a factor. And uh, right now, Denver's uh, back in championship form. Then at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 32-14. and 14. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. And this past week, they blew out both the San Antonio Spurs and the New Orleans Pelicans. Of course, the Spurs, not a very good team. Only 10 wins on the season so far, but... The Pelicans, a really damn good team. And uh, like I say, with Oklahoma City, I'm, I still haven't completely bought into the into them yet because they are young, but they have really been the only team pretty much to kind of maintain playing well and not really falling off, not really even having a lull. Even when <clears throat> they lose, it's just like one, if it's two games, it's not like they, they get blown out. Like they're pretty, pretty close games. So it's going to be interesting to see if Oklahoma City is able to continue this run. But right now, they've been on fire the first half of the season. And uh, we're closing in on the second half of the season because the All-Star breaks coming up here in a couple of weeks. And uh, right now, Oklahoma City has been one of the most consistent teams, not just in the Western Conference, but in the league overall. Then at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Los Angeles Clippers, overall record of 30 and 14. They are currently on a five-game winning streak, and they have won um, their eight and two in their last 10 games. And right now, Kawhi Leonard is just going off. It's uh, the Clippers, they're healthy as well. You know, you got Kawhi out there healthy. You, you, You even have Russell Westbrook not only healthy, but he's taken on this role as a bench player, and it's really actually working out for them, um, him finally not being selfish anymore with the ball. It's actually working out quite well for them, but as always with the Clippers, uh, they're great offensively, and they're great right now, but is it going to last? 
what's going to happen with the defense, and are these guys going to be able to stay healthy? Always the big problem with them, but right now playing very well. But uh, like I continue to say, until the Clippers prove something, I can't believe in them. You are uh, LA's 12th favorite team, I believe. Keep hoping that you're going to catch up with the Lakers. You've got um, a long way to go in that department. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the New York Knicks, overall record of 29-17. and 17. They, are, they are on a six-game winning streak, which is the longest winning streak in the NBA right now. Uh, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games as well, and they are killing it. This team is really good. I'm actually starting to buy into the Knicks right now. Now, unfortunately... Randall suffered an injury. He uh, dislocated his shoulder um, in Saturday's game, which just sucks. And it happened at the very end of the game against Miami. I mean, they blew out Denver and Miami last week. Uh, They are just excellent on the defensive side of the ball, but they're also just getting a lot of scoring offensively. But it just sucks that Randall dislocated the shoulder because that's obviously a big deal for a basketball player. Um, But the dude plays great defensively and he's been having a phenomenal season and so is Brunson and so it it's gonna suck if that takes a toll which it probably more than likely is going to take a toll just with uh which which is what a role Randall plays with the team but uh it was very unfortunate to see him separate his shoulder and uh because this this Knicks team is just phenomenal they are one of the best teams in the east I mean really in my in my top 10 they are the fourth best um, Eastern Conference team right now behind Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Uh, and I really, I feel like if Randall is able to get healthy and they're able to continue to play at this level and maybe possibly make some type of move here at the trade deadline, which is also coming up here, maybe they could potentially do something in the uh, the playoffs because defensively, they match up great against Boston. Defensively, even though I'm not sure they have an answer for Giannis, I still think they'd be able to keep up with them, and they're better. The Knicks are better on the defensive side of the ball than the Bucks, so I think they could challenge them. And then the 76ers, they've proven nothing when it comes to the postseason, and so I feel like they could absolutely keep up with those type of teams. And like I said, they just blew out Denver and Miami this week. It wasn't close in any of those matchups. And by the way, uh, all their starters and all their stars played in those games for Denver and Miami. And uh, so the Knicks playing fantastic basketball, but we'll see if uh, Randall's injury uh, pulls them back down to uh, back down to uh, the, uh, the bottom of the barrel or if they're able to just overcome it because we're not really sure how long he's going to be out anyways. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, a separated shoulder, the, the dude's – He's a great defender. You got to take the body blows. You, you got to, you, your shoulder is just a big deal, obviously, when you're a, a basketball player. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Then at number eight on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Minnesota Timberwolves, overall record of 32 and 14. They're six and four in their last 10 games. And uh, really, they've just taken a tumble this week because they've just had an up and down week. I mean, hell, they lost to the San Antonio Spurs over the weekend. That's how bad of a loss they had this past week. But, I mean, overall, still a really good team. Um, But they are in that division with Oklahoma City and Denver. And so these three teams are going to be beating up on each other throughout the season. And right now, Minnesota's a team that's getting beat up. Uh, But, uh, I mean, I I still expect good things from them. They've been putting it together really well um, in the paint. And uh, they just look look really solid, but uh, just down this week. 
Then at number nine on my top 10 NBA power rankings, a team that has been surging over the last couple of weeks, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Overall record of 27-16. and 16. They are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. And uh, Donovan Mitchell has just turned it on. I don't know where he was to start the season, but he, right now he's averaging 28 points per game, 6 rebounds per game, 6 assists per game, and 2 steals per game. So he's just really getting it done in every single way, shape, and form. Um, for the Cavaliers, they've pretty much been battling in- injuries to start the season. Um, and they still have an injury, I believe, to uh, Darius Garland as well who's a huge source of offense for them and a huge player for this game, for this team. Uh, but uh, Donovan Mitchell's been really putting it together. He has been rumored to be on the trading block. Like I said uh, in the previous episode, I don't know why you would want to trade away Donovan Mitchell, but that's what the Cavaliers do, stupid shit. But getting on a winning streak, I kind of feel like is uh, going to keep him in Cleveland as it should because the dude is money and it's not really his fault that they're that they haven't uh, continued what they did last year on into this year. But, I mean, so far, uh, they're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, and that says a lot. And this is the time of year when you actually do want to start getting hot because it's, like I said, headed towards the All-Star break, and then it's going to be the second half of the season, and then it's going to be the playoff push, and then what do we got there? But Donovan Mitchell getting hot right now, perfect time of the year to be getting hot. And then rounding out my top 10 NBA power rankings of the New Orleans Pelicans, overall record of 26-20. and 20. They are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, which is why they've taken a tumble over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they also lost to some good teams this past week as well. They lost to Oklahoma City and the Milwaukee Bucks. So they, they haven't been able to keep up with the big boys just yet. But still, Zion, Ingram, C.J. McCollum, all three of them have been having a great year. Valenciunas, he's also been having a great year as well. So they're putting together a nice core five um, who they've been able to maintain their health. But they're getting it done on the the defensive side of the ball, and that's that's huge. Like I said, during the playoffs, that's that's when you really need defense. And uh, a team like this, they could be a force if they continue to stay healthy. Zion is getting better as the season wears on, so who knows what's going to happen if he actually gets in the playoffs. He might be able to take on some of these big dudes, and then you, you kind of look at him against like an Oklahoma City in, in a playoff, like seven-game series-type atmosphere, I would – take Zion over Holmgren just because I kind of feel like Zion's going to barrel through that mother motherfucker uh, in a seven-game series. But who knows? We might get to see that um, in a few months. But uh, right now, the Pelicans, on the downside of things, but still a good team, especially on the defensive side of things. And like I said, Zion keeps getting better as the season rolls on. And if this team maintains their health, they're going to be uh, they're going to be a real difficult team to beat down the stretch. And then uh, I did not mention this team in the top 10 because they're they're very up and down and uh, they've just had their moments, but they did have a big moment on Friday night. And, uh, you know, it was crazy. Last week it was like uh, everybody just went off uh, just with the crazy points. You know, we had Embiid, we had Carl Anthony Towns, and we also had Luka Doncic. He had one, of, he finally had one of his moments in the league. And uh, Dallas Mavericks in a win, which is even better. Uh, they got a, a win over the uh, Atlanta Hawks, 148 to 143. And it was an epic collapse by the Atlanta Hawks, by the way. But that's not what we're talking about. Luka Doncic dropped a career high and a Dallas Mavericks franchise high, 73 points in the game. He also had 10 rebounds, so that gave him a double-double on the night and seven assists as well. So it was just a standout game from him. 
Um, and I, I mean, like I said, last week it was crazy. The numbers people were putting up and uh, could not overlook what Luca did. A big fan of Luca, so it, it was nice to see that uh, he was able to have a breakout game like that, especially because the Mavericks have just been way too up and down this season to actually take them serious as a playoff contender. But who knows? There's plenty of basketball left to go. But uh, that was a big, big game from Luca the other night, dropping 73 points. Got to give him a shout out in that one for sure. All right, y'all. Enjoy the rest of the week of sports, and I will talk to you all on Friday.